Hey guys, and welcome to the third episode of I'm Single, She's Not. Hey, I'm Chanel. And I'm Chastity. And we're going to talk about... This is our podcast. Yeah. (laughs) This is our podcast. You're going to listen to us basically chat, Mm -hmm. you know? First, I want to say thank you to everybody. This is our third episode. We're just starting. Mm -hmm. But we've gotten so much support. Especially from friends and family. Mm -hmm. It's been amazing actually yeah so much love and we hope you guys continue to listen also give us feedback tell us what we're doing wrong even though we're perfect especially me but today we're talking about something very near and dear to my heart (laughs) quarter life crisis oh gosh so as you guys already know we're 24 both of us yeah chanel's older but we're 24 and we will be 25 next year chanel Chanel will be 25 Mm. in three months yeah it's terrifying (laughs) yeah and i'll be 25 in april so Mm. we're just gonna talk about how that yeah being a millennial what it means what it does and how it freaks us the fuck out you know how we deal with it but before we get into that juicy tigment segment tigbit but we're gonna start with um our current events yes you wanna go first okay sure hold on let me pull it up so my current events um is about a guy who got bit by a snake um and so i'll go a little bit into it but basically there was this guy in china who hacked his finger off after he was bitten by a snake because he believed it was highly venomous, right? So, and this guy's 60 years old. So once he cuts his finger off, they take him to the hospital, and the doctor lets him know that that was unnecessary. He didn't have to cut his finger off? No, he did not have to cut his finger off, and the doctor even said, if you bought your finger with you to the hospital, I could have put it back on for you. He left his finger? He left his finger, because he thought, I guess he got bit on his finger and thought, okay, well, this snake is, like, poisonous, it's a done deal. He didn't even know the snake was poisonous. He didn't know, obviously. He didn't, he just chopped his finger off, went to the hospital, like, hey, fix my shit, (laughs) close my shit up, I, I did all the work, and the doctor said that it was totally unnecessary to cut his finger off. He didn't have to at all. So now this six-year-old man has nine fingers. Nine fingers. And if he caught off one of the most important fingers. He caught off his index finger. He cut off... Nah. I... So. You only need thumbs to pick things up, though, right? True, but it's more like, like index fingers kind of make statements. You turn the page with the yeah, index Yeah, you turn finger. the page, and it's more like a, hey, you, bitch, with your pointer finger. With the L. Yeah, he can't know? do that. He can't really point anymore. He can't do anything. He can't tell his grandkids, get that remote for Grandpa over there, because they're not going to know which way they want him to go. Yo. Damn. I just think it, <clears throat> it's sad he don't got no finger, but I just think it's funny that, like, I feel like, me personally, if I got bit by a snake, um, and I have no knowledge of species of snake, I wouldn't have, you know, cut my sure. finger off without knowing the snake was first poisonous. I wouldn't, honestly, I wouldn't be able to cut my finger off whether I knew the snake was poisonous or not. Like, when it, like harming yourself is so hard. It is. Not that I've been trying to harm myself, like, not in that way. But one day I had slammed my finger in the car door. Mm-hmm. I don't even, I slammed my own finger in the car door, don't know how, and my pinky, uh, the nail, like, came off and turned black because the blood was stuck underneath. Mm. So I'm like, okay, I'm watching YouTube videos because that's what we do, YouTube and WebMD. It's how you prescribe, you diagnose yourself. So... <laughs> Ginger ale and Advil. <laughs> well, I can't drink soda anymore, so... I did YouTube and WebMD, and they were like, take a needle, get it real hot, poke a hole in your nail to let the blood out, you'll be okay. So, I tried to get my boyfriend to do it for me, but I was so scared, I was scaring him. So, he couldn't do it. He was getting mad at me, so he gave up. So, I'm mad, because he's not helping me, and I'm trying to poke myself. And I'm like, you can do it, bitch. You got this. Just poke yourself. It's going to be fine. And I couldn't do it. So eventually my nail fell off. Thank God it grew back. But this just goes to show you how hard it is to harm yourself, let alone cut your own fucking finger off. The whole, whole, the whole finger. 
The whole phalange. He said he was doing it to save his life, but... He didn't. He did it. Exactly. I sure. feel like he just wanted to do it. He was just like, this would be a cool story to tell, bro. This some shit. Right. Nah, that's wild. But what's your current right. event? So, as Chastity knows, but you guys don't, Halloween is my favorite holiday. And it, it October is now over, and so is Halloween. <laughs> but, in the spirit of keeping things spooky... My article is about the Slender Man stabbings. What? Yep. So, oh, do you man. know do you do you know about the Slender Man stabbings? No, I I know about the Slender Man. Okay. But just because it was a game or some shit. Okay. Well, Slender Man started off as a meme on this like, you know, sketchy dark web place, right? Mm-hmm. But he's terrifying. He's like a 10-foot tall white um man but i don't mean white as in caucasian i mean white as in color mm-hmm. like stock white he has no face and he has like a top hat and he's yeah in a suit. like long yeah fucking arms and shit mm-hmm. so um in 2014 this um girl named peyton lautner was uh i believe she was 12 years old when this happened so her friends decided oh my god Chastity Logic, is, my, now my cat is acting a fool. He's playing with the pencil. He's batting it around Tyrell's homework. Oh, gosh. But, yeah, anyway. It's on the floor now. Okay. But, yeah, so she was 12 when this happened. So what happened was um, Peyton had these two friends, and their name were Morgan and Anissa, mm-hmm. right? Morgan and Anissa had it in their mind that Slender Man was going to hurt their family if they didn't give him a sacrifice. So they what? took Peyton into the woods, right? Told her to lay down because they were about to play hide and seek and then stabbed her 19 times. What the fuck? Right? She's alive, <clears throat> thank God. But she survived by basically like picking herself up and like, Hoveling to the nearest street and a biker found her and took her to the hospital, right? And now Mm. currently, you know, she just turned 17 and this is the first time she's spoken out about it since Mm -hmm. 2014 when it happened. Yeah, I was about to say, I kind of now remember hearing this. I was about to ask you when it happened. So, like, she just now started, she just now did an interview about it, Mm -hmm. um, I think with CNN about, you know, her life now after the stabbings. Also, um, Morgan and Anissa are in um, jail, mental, I hope. No, oh. they're in a mental hospital for, uh, I believe, 65 years split between them. Sheesh. So, because they were tried as an adult. Uh, they were tried as adults with um, um, attempted murder. But because of the fact that they genuinely thought Slenderman was going to, genuinely, air quote. Yeah. You know? Because it just seemed like, it, it, if I was a lawyer, I'd tell them to plead insanity, even if they were... Completely. What? <laughs> I mean, like, if I was a lawyer and I wanted to get my client off, I'd tell them plead well, insanity. Well, yeah, you gotta do your job. Yeah, yeah, I'd tell them plead insanity, even if it was a complete sober thought that yeah. they just wanted to stab her. See, but, that's the hard thing about being a lawyer, though. Like, if I was their lawyer, I'd be like, I'm gonna fuck this shit up for these bitches. They deserve to go <laughs> fuck under the damn courthouse and mm-hmm. die, but... But it's also, like, they're 12-year-old girls, and it's just, like, how did you, like... That's how, what I'm saying, like, how woo! did you think... I just, I don't understand. Woo! As a 12-year-old, even if I did see that, I mm-hmm. would not do that. Like, yeah. I would not think that that is okay. I've never thought, like, okay, we all watch scary movies and shit. Mm-hmm. Or, you know, I don't know if your parents told you not to at 12, but you still watch them. Yeah. And I never thought, oh, I'm gonna go stab people or sew people's lips to their asses and shit and then what's wild is like it was not even like slender man was a movie it was literally a meme it's like nobody had ever nobody gave you these instructions and shit exactly it'd be different if it was like on some like we all know what like certain horror movie villains like what they do to you Mm -hmm. like you could go and be like freddy krueger came to me in a dream and told me to do this you know, but Slender Man has no lore. It was literally made up. But uh, Peyton is doing really well. She wants to be a doctor now. She's 17. She wants to be a doctor. She's like, she has problems trusting people. Clearly. Mm, I would too. Yeah, yeah. I just got stabbed the fuck up. Clearly. And she sleeps with a knife under her bed, which mm. also makes complete and perfect sense. 
It does. And she has, like, so many scars on her body. Oh, that's sad. She's, like, really, I guess, optimistic about it. She's just like, this is just going to be, this is a part of my story. Um, It's going to be, like, you know, one day I'll get Mm -hmm. over it, probably. And I'm just like, good for you. (coughs) Good for you. Yeah, good for her, because I don't even know. Okay. Uh, So now we're going to talk about what's going on in our lives. So what is going on in yours? Me? Okay, mm-hmm. it's funny because, you know, we listen, clearly we listen to the podcast again before we post them places. <laughs> so I was listening to the second episode and I was talking about how, you know, how uncreatively fulfilled I was last uh-huh. episode, which is really funny because in the short amount of time that it has taken to record this episode right now, I am now producing two shows. That's a good and shit. I'm like, I signed a contract to be a production manager with a company, and I still also have a nine to five job in a law office as well for right now until one of my jobs pays me enough, enough to have yeah. one job. But yeah, so I'm doing that. Also, you know, hit me up. Come to <laughs> one of my shows. They're both going to be great. Yes, if you want to. Attend any of uh, the shows that Chanel's working on if you're in New York, because that's usually where she's doing uh, most of her work. Then just DM us. Yeah. And we'll give you the information. It's oh, pretty yeah. good stuff. We've worked on the show together and it was really good. So DM us if you want to check any of that out. Yeah. Um. So professionally, I'm, you know, thriving. Uh, romantically, basura. <laughs> <laughs> Garbage, uh, trash, junk. You feel me? Uh, DC Bay trash, man. Oh gosh, DC we, Bay is trash. We gotta give another update because uh, I think it was episode two. It was one and two. Episode yeah. two, you told them he was crazy. Yeah, cause he is, and I'm happy that I said it because I was right. And then episode three, today, right now, <laughs> which is what like boy. two weeks. I don't even know. Yeah. Like a he couple had, weeks later. He a fuckboy. Let me tell you guys about how, like, I posted a picture of my friend in Asia. Wait, we gotta rewind. What? We didn't tell them about... We met him. Oh, yeah! So, we... me... The same weekend that we recorded episode two, me, Imani, and my boyfriend met DC Bay. This is... He's different. So, we went go-karting... Um, at Speed Raceway, which if you have never been, you terrifying. need to go. It is the fastest go-karts I've ever been on. Fucking like, terrifying. The fastest. So if you've never been there, go there. But anyway, so we went there. He was supposed to meet us there so that we can all five of us race together. Mm-hmm. So he said he's going to be a little bit late. We get there. So we bought four races and we were going to do maybe like one or two. He'll come, we'll do two together. They're long races, they're fourteen lap races, so he won't he's not missing anything by us doing two without him. So all through the first two races, he keeps telling Chanel, like, I'm I'm almost there, I'm on my way, blah blah blah. Then he finally tells her like he's basically in like almost like standstill traffic. Like mm-hmm. So we're like, fuck it, we don't even want to do this no more, we're waiting for him. Mm-hmm. So we only did the two races, we're leaving, like we're like we're not doing the other two anymore. So we get in my car, he pulls up finally in his car, I think we probably waited like five minutes, but he pulls up in his car, we do the introductions, um, and then we go to Miller's, was mm-hmm. the name? I think it was Miller's. Sure. We think it was Miller's. So we went to Miller's for food. It was a sports bar, guys. Yeah, we went to a sports bar for food, and we're all like extremely hungry except him so he knew we were going to get go-karts and, f- and food he eats before he comes to meet us like what the had fuck had the food in the car yeah had he bought food ate some and then left the rest of the fucking food in his fucking car knowing that we're going to get food he comes in the place he's acting mad sketchy only orders a margarita which when it comes he tries to offer to me just just randomly like i'm like dang i I can't remember if i ordered margarita or not and he's like you want mine no i don't we just met like 15 minutes ago (laughs) so then what is he comes to our house you forgot the fact that like the bill the margarita was like what 
like eight dollars i think and he sent me six he did mm-hmm. which i mean it's not a big deal it's eight dollars but as a as a gentleman you could have sent your amount <laughs> Like, I, cause the thing is, he didn't have to pay me back for it at all. He didn't. But, but if you're gonna if you're pay going me back, to, yeah, give me the pay whole, the amount. Yeah, the fuck? So he did that. Then he comes to our house, to me and Tyrell's house, cause we're in Pennsylvania as this is happening. So he comes to our house and we're playing games. This guy is falling asleep. Like, not cause of anything we're doing. He's still engaging when he's awake, but he's falling asleep at the table. Not only that, but we've already suspected that he is dealing with his best friend. And we, after long-ass interrogation, we get him to admit mm-hmm. that he would do things with his best friend. Yeah, he's just like, it's not that I wouldn't, it just hasn't happened yet. And it's like, why are you here? He could if he would, you know? He why could if he wanted here, to. bro? This is the same hating ass best friend I kind of mentioned in the first episode that didn't want him to go to the museum uh, with Chanel. So he was already, that was just signs of a fuckboy already. And then, what happened with Denasia? Oh, yeah, so I had posted Denasia. She's gorgeous, by the way, if you don't know her in real life. You should. Yeah, she's fine. A bad mamma jamma, I tell you. Yes, she is. And he also agreed, because I posted a picture of her, and he wrote me like, damn. And I'm like, I know this bum-ass motherfucker did not just damn a picture of my friend <laughs> right so i'm just like excuse me he's just like yo your friend is a good look and i'm like why do you feel comfortable commenting on my friend he's like i'm entitled to my opinion <laughs> but i could have kept it to myself and i'm like yo first smart thing you've said this conversation you could have kept your opinion to yourself and then he makes all these assumptions about me he's like so i'm we're texting i'm like i'm gonna get in the shower he's just like okay Without me? Oh, I hate that shit. And I'm just like, first of all, my shower been broke for two years, dude. <laughs> you do not want to get in here. I'm dead. And so he's just, so the next day, he's just like, wow, you're like not flirty at all. And I'm like, one, nobody who knows me in life can ever say I haven't flirted with them. I would say Chanel is... Like... Chanel never... Not like, le- Exactly. If there's an opportunity for Chanel t- to flirt... It's going to happen. She'll never miss an opportunity. I'll flirt with your grandmother. I don't care. That's, she's nasty, bro. And it's true. <laughs> yeah. It's true. I'm fucking done. So I'm just like, I just can't do this no more. Because like, as soon as he said what he said about Denasia emotionally, I was I checked out. I was just like, I can't do this. So wait. So do you have a problem with someone that you're dealing with complimenting your friend? Or is was it just him? I just, why are you commenting on my friend's? Just like why? That's just like if Tyrell was just like, mm, Chanel look good as fuck in that dress. Yeah, he would never do that. That's what they like. Mm. Yeah, it's just like <laughs> so tasty, though. <laughs> and it's just like why? Like what? okay, it's like okay. Me and Tyrell have talked about our friends. We would be like, oh yeah, like she's attractive. Yeah, she's a nice looking girl. But now like, oh yeah, she a good look. She this now. Nah, exactly. That's... Like there's a different way to say yeah. that you think my friend is cute. You know, because it's not like. I agree. She's fire. She is. Whereas, like, it's not even, like, no hating thing. It's just, like, a respect thing. And I know it's not just me, because literally every person I told was just like, yo, what the fuck? And I'm like, thank you. But, so that's probably a dub. But I'm stupid, so. (laughs) (laughs) And then, what else? I don't know. I'm kind of, like, teetering on this uh, precipice. Mm Mm-hmm. Might be a hoe. Oh, gosh. That's my life right now. Sounds like she has some things to figure out. Uh, let's see what's been my life in the past. Oh my god, so I, well, like Chanel's mentioned, we'd be listening back to the episodes. And I was listening back to when I talk about my life, and I'm like, damn, I say I'm happy, but I sound very sad. <laughs> but I genuinely am. I just realized I haven't been, like, saying, like, being descriptive about the things About that your I've... joy? Yeah, like, I haven't been really descriptive about... You're boast. You know, things that's been happening, so... You're boast. Yeah, I mean... It's just been good. Like, me and my boyfriend, we've made three years the other day. What is today? It's November 2nd, so we made two years on Tuesday. 
uh, three years, sorry, on Tuesday, which is the 29th of October. Mm-hmm. And then um, I've lost a shit ton of weight, and I look pretty good right now. So you'll Woo. see me soon when I decide to Cock out. post anything. I take photos, but for some reason I don't post anything. Um, what else has been happening in my life? I am also burnt out. So that's been a word I've been using for mm-hmm. like the past two weeks. Um, more so burnt out at work. So... I love my job. Like I've already said, I work for this organization that uh, does a lot of reviews for like different hospitals, health insurance, Department of Financial Services for different states and crap, um, which I am loving to do. But have you ever like been at a job where you're very good at your job? They love you. But because they love you and they know that you're good at your job, they keep giving you more things to do. Yes. And you're so good at your job, you get them done, but you're, like, dying as you get them done. Like, it's just becoming too much, I guess. Yeah. Because you know they're, you know, they know that you're a good resource. Yeah, so like, there's too, too much responsibility, which I'm appreciative of, because that means niggas fuck with me. I'm the youngest person at my job, um, and I'm also the second black person. There's only two black people in my job, and I'm one of them, so... Like, you know, that's a little, that's something to talk about. But, um, mama need a vacation this year, okay? <laughs> like, like tomorrow, so. You only got three more months. I know. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I've been talking to my boyfriend about it because I'm like, yo, it's either something got to change, even though I love my job, or I would find something else, which he's been supportive of. Um, so I'm going to talk to my boss. This week, um, about, you want to quit? Hell no, I don't want to quit. I love my job, but, okay, the thing, the reason why there's, like, another reason why there's so much responsibility being put on me is because my, my, the company that I work at is tiny. Mm -hmm. So there's, like, 30 people in the whole company, um, maybe, like, four of which are not on site, so they work from home or whatever, wherever they want to work. I know, like, one lady's in New York, but, so... My conversation with my boss would be kind of like, okay, like, you need to hire someone to assist me or pay me more or we'll have to have, like, maybe other conversations. So I need to, like, either be, I mean, I get paid pretty okay, but I can, I can be compensated more for all that I do mm-hmm. um, or you can find someone else to help me. And it's not even, like, a like a bad... and. For me, it's not like a bad conversation. I I don't dislike where I work. Yeah, I just need a little help. No, but now that's you guys important. like yeah, that's love important. me too much. Advocate for yourself. Yeah, so that's where my life at is right now. I'm in love. I'm getting skinny and oh I'm burnt God. out. You're in love. Yeah, that's why I get. What's crazy is like you don't really uh, you don't do the emotional thing yeah i realized that as i listened back yeah, to the other like, two episodes so it's just like when you say nice things about tyrell even to me it's like yo you be feeling that like you you fuck with I it i be feeling that shit see because <laughs> it'd be amazing when i say nice shit because i don't either i'm i'm probably either cracking jokes i'm probably saying something mean or i'm saying nothing at all mm-hmm uh, so I'm gonna try to, like, be a little more open and candid with you guys, uh, so that my semi-monotone voice when it comes to this section doesn't kill you guys. <laughs> so. I'm crying. But yeah, that's my life this week, and. Yay! Yeah, in regards to the three-year anniversary, I think we're gonna have, like, a special episode for you guys, probably next week or something. We've been discussing it, we'll figure out yeah. how it's gonna work. Because here we are. Yeah. They've made three years of being together. I've made three years of dying alone. <laughs> <laughs> like, and it's 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 a it's a crazy story of basically we both started off in relationships at the same time. Oh, we're gonna get into it. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're gonna give yeah. you guys a a fun yeah. episode on that probably next week. Yes. So right now. For today, our topic is quarter-life crisis. Or just being a millennial at this point. Yeah. Because you, you're you in your quarter-life crisis if you're, in, if, you're, if you're a millennial right now. Yeah. Just in, like, you know, logically. 
Also, somebody send us, like, a New York Times article or some shit, because me and Chanel, before we recorded this, was kind of arguing on mm-hmm. what years, is if we're millennials or Gen Z. We're millennials. Okay. So, I heard, because I don't pay attention to this shit, I heard the Gen Z starts at 1995, she thinks it starts at 1996, so give us some credible sources. It starts at 1997. 19? 19? No, 1996 is the last year of being a millennial. Oh, see, now I didn't yeah. see that. I seen that. Gen Z started at 1996, so send us some credible shit. I don't want no messages from you. I want links, mm. um, and let us know what damn generation we are. Yeah. So... We're going to talk about quarter-life crises, Mm -hmm. which is, you know, as I said in the beginning of this episode, near and dear to my heart, because I have been spiraling bad, (laughs) right? So, basically, a quarter-life crisis is when you are at the quarter of your life, so Mm -hmm. 25. um, I think it's like going into 30. Yeah, yeah. like late 20s, early 30s, quarter-life crisis, right? So... In my mini-year research about all the things that make us millennials, the quarter-life crisis affects 86% of millennials. Sheesh. And they report being bogged down by insecurities, disappointment, loneliness, and depression. Um, right? It's yeah. less of a question now mm-hmm. if you're going to experience a quarter-life crisis as opposed to, like, when your quarter-life yeah. crisis will hit you. Yeah, because I'm looking up, I'm just, like, looking it up as we talk, and it says two in three people aged from 23 to 39 reported that they have experienced a quarter-life crisis. Yeah. That is, like... Yep, it's so it's so real. Yeah. So, we're going to Mexico for my birthday, whoop whoop. Yeah, it's about to be me, lit tea. Me and all my friends, not all of them, but, like, I invited everybody who came to my surprise party, I realized... So we're going to we're going to Cancun, and in the process of planning this trip, mm-hmm. I've realized that my birthday is three months away, <laughs> and I'm just like, wow, crazy. Um, I'm gonna quarter of my more than a quarter of my life is gone because who who am I kidding? I'm not gonna live to be a hundred. Um, I have done I so. nothing of significance in my life. If I died tomorrow, the world would forget me. <laughs> I'm not where I want to be in my life and then it start and then it hit me like a brick wall friends right yeah everybody in the cast of friends was basically in the quarter of their life when the show started mm-hmm. and then now here i am about to be 25 living in new york i'm a friend <laughs> and the I'm a friend. <laughs> I'm a friend and the theme song has resonated with me so much these last couple of weeks because <laughs> it hasn't been my day, my week, my month, or my year. And she tells me that every day. All the time. I say it to everyone because it's true. Mm-mm. Right? So I was talking to my friend Lennox about it and he was basically telling me that I need to chill the fuck out because um, age doesn't measure out quality of life for once he's right where you should be in life and Mm. i was just like damn that's good advice but my anxiety says otherwise (laughs) (laughs) uh but also it's just like fun things that i've learned about millennials like you know Mm -hmm. one everything that baby boomers tell us is a lie what do you mean? Baby boomers are our parents' generation. Yeah. yeah. Because you know how they blame us for everything. They do, yeah. All <laughs> things are our fault. And, like, you know, when you do the research, it's like, actually, we didn't ruin the economy. You guys ruined yeah. the economy. And it trickled We buy down. more stuff than you. <laughs> like, um, I believe millennials have majority of the buying power that stocks the economy because we spend more money we buy entirely too much shit so much stupid shit Mm -hmm. we like we're also known as like the therapy generation because apparently what our generation is going to be known for is destigmatizing mental health and like being open and honest about like your anxiety your depression your mental health issues in my whole life i haven't heard people talk about mental health as much as now yeah as much as maybe like the past what like two years or so Mm -hmm. so i agree yeah which i'm not upset about like i'm not upset that when i 
when I'm dead and gone, my generation is going to be known as the generation that, like, desensitized, like, destigmatized mental health. Mm -hmm. Like, I'd I'd be happy for that. Like, you know, what do baby boomers do besides complain? I don't know, man. Like, I got into this argument with my parents because they literally consistently, well, one, my parents suck. (laughs) Jesus Christ. (laughs) Wow. So there's that. But we've gotten into this conversation where they don't listen to me because I went to college. That sounds backwards. Right? They um, won't listen to me because they believe that everything that I say that comes out of my mouth is because I am, uh, what is it? Because I'm educated and that means I know more than them. And that's wow. why I'm saying things. And I'm just like, literally, I went to school for theater. You're acting like I went to school for neuroscience. I'm not saying that I'm smart. Right. I'm just saying what's on my mind. <laughs> Which doesn't take any of that. But, regardless. So, I had read this article, which is basically about how, what millennials, the title of the article is Millennials, This Is What Your Quarter Life Crisis Is Telling You. Mm-hmm. Right? So, one, it is telling you to step up and create things you want to see in the world. Like this podcast. Like this podcast. (laughs) Just like, you know, I get it. How, like, hard it is when it's just like I'm not where I want to be in my life Mm -hmm. because I'm there. And so I'm reading the article and it's basically like, you know, you have to create the things that you want to see in your community but it should only, like, you should do it for you. Because the person who's writing this article is basically, like, uh, one of those millennials who has a billion dollars. And he's basically talking about how he got through his quarter-life crisis to acquire such wealth. Okay. And he's basically, and he's talking about how um, all of the business ideas that he tried, if if he did it because he felt like it was what other people needed, those ideas were the ones that failed. Uh, okay. But like the ones it. that he did was that was because I needed. Mm-hmm. Those were his most successful ventures. I get it. Mhm. Mm. Mm. Uh, stop trying to please others. That's the second one. Mm. Uh, just like, you know, doing things for yourself, learning what it means, learning that it's like not unhealth, like it's not unhealthy to be selfish sometimes. Right. Yeah. To just like do things to protect your own energy. Mm-hmm. Just like stuff like that. Also, third, listen to your inner voice. You know, like the things that, you know, I feel like too often we don't trust our intuition. Oh, no, I trust my shit. I've been yeah. trusting my shit since we was young especially with our we got a certain teacher who i never liked since we were (laughs) since we were young and i kept telling everybody yo stop messing with this guy we are now we were what like 10 we are now 24 and this guy's in everybody's dms being very inappropriate yeah it's kind of creepy i hope he reads this and knows who he is i mean i hope he listens and he's just like damn i'm creeping them out oh, you are <laughs> so yeah but also i guess this is another reason why we started this podcast because yeah me and chastity complete opposites yes I've never like you know trusting my intuition has been a very hard thing for me um which has been interesting in the points where i've like actually trusted my intuition and i've been right you know, like mm-hmm. that little voice that tell you to go through his phone? I'm dead. She always right. <laughs> <laughs> That's also because when you go through somebody's phone, you always find shit. Like, it don't, even if it's good or bad, you're going to find something. Yeah, like... but I know I'm going to find something. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the fourth way is to uncover your identity by trying new things. Okay. Uh, which I completely understand. I feel like, I don't know, this might be bullshit. Don't quote me. (laughs) But I think I heard somewhere that, like, every seven years your cells regenerate. Like That sounds, I think, skin. Hold on. Right? Let me make sure that I'm... Like, you know, you didn't, you don't have the same cells that you did before. But also, like I said, I went to school for art. Like, my degree is in painting and coloring and reading, you know. Like, I didn't go to school for anything smart. (laughs) 
Yeah, you're right. Seven years. So Seven years. Mm-hmm. Yo, I'm a fucking genius. <laughs> Everything I said, I'm Einstein up in this bitch. I'm dead. But. So every seven years, you you know, you regenerate and like the cells that you had before aren't the cells that you have now. So like you're always a new person and I feel like the, a way to get through it is by mm-hmm. realizing that like you're always changing, your interests always change. Um, it's a way to feel more like yourself, like trying new things and seeing what you're really into. Mm-hmm. Right? Um... And then the last one really hit home for me because it's like tap into your resistance. Meaning? Basically, so the guy is talking about how the way he became, you know, super successful and a millionaire, I guess, is by realizing that like all his life he was told certain things about religion, about the way you're supposed to act, about the way you should be treated, Mm -hmm. such and such. And his thing has always been why. Which I personally identify with because I feel like legitimately I've never taken anything for face value. Mm, okay. Like I've never been like, okay, this is the way it is and I'm okay with that. I'm always just like, okay, you said that I have to do this, but you need to give me a damn good reason as to why. Right. Or else like this means absolutely nothing to mm-hmm. me, which is, you know. It has caused its own problems in a black household. But... <laughs> Definitely would. <laughs> black I'm... households' reasons don't exist. Yeah, and I'm just like, you told you told me to wash the dishes and I need to know why. Nah, like, why is it my matter. job? I would never, ever ask my mom why. <laughs> like, never. If my mom say wash the dishes, them dishes is going to get washed, yeah, bro. No questions. Like, Before she finished her sentence, mm-hmm. the dishes is going to be yeah. done. Like, but, like, the thing about my mom is when I was growing up, she always said that I don't want you to think that because you're a little person, you don't have big things to say. Right. And I'm just like, I appreciated that That's a nice as one. A I'm going to write that down for my kids. I'm crying. Because she, you know? Always used to tell that, like, word for word, what she told me growing up as a kid. Mm -hmm. As soon as I turned into an adult, and I was just like, I got big things to say. She was like, shut the fuck up, She was just like, shorty, I need you to pump your brakes, sit the fuck down, because nothing you gotta say is that big. And I'm like, what's crazy is, it's already in me. It's large. You gotta listen. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, This is your fault. Like, this is your fault. I'm like, what I gotta say is so loud. And so large, it has to come out. I'm sorry you don't like it. My bad. Mm, that's different from, like, thinking about it, that's different from, like, how my mom raised me because, oh, I definitely got in trouble. I mean, I was good, but I would do dumb shit, like, I don't know, forget the rice is on or something. <laughs> something dumb like that. I was never a bad child, but, like, okay, my mom was, like, nice strict, so, like, I could, I would, did I could do whatever I want. I got, you know, whatever I want, but within reason, like, Mm -hmm. and when I would get in trouble, it was more like a, like, you're in trouble. I might just whip your ass, but she would like allow me to talk, which I don't know how to explain it. So it was like, I'm I'm in this scary ass moment. She's giving me the space to like plead my case type shit, Mm -hmm. which I could never do because I was always so scared. I was crying, but (laughs) So it's just, like, it's just so different. Like, even now, like, my mom still gives me that opportunity to talk mm-hmm. and kind of just be vocal, I guess. Mm-hmm. See, and I so feel more like a child now than yeah. I'm an adult than I did when I was a kid. Because my mother has always been very, very lax. She's never asked a whole bunch of questions. Mm-hmm. She doesn't really care about what I do, like outside the house there's very little explanation that had to be said right when I was before the yeah house. that's true there yeah. used to be times we used to be like no you're not gonna call your mom let her know what's going on she's like nah it's okay mm-hmm. but now yeah. yeah now she be all up in my shit and i'm just like now it don't matter what i'm doing why you care <laughs> <laughs> you can't care now you know but just that thing of like you know it it was instilled in me to question all status quos. Right. Which I feel like is what makes me, I guess, like, so drastically different from, like, you and, you know, Imani and Danasia, where mm-hmm. it's just, like, I'm like, yeah, no, I don't want to do this just because, like, centuries of oppression and <laughs> this toxic masculinity has right. made it so. <laughs> it's just, like, I can't. Like, I think about stuff like that. I'm also, like, one of those people that's always, like, I'd rather ask forgiveness than permission. Mm, so I'm okay. just, like, I'm doing shit that I want to do off the rip. 
and if you didn't like it, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. But I wasn't going to ask for permission. Hmm. I think that just comes from... I feel like maybe your shit just stems from that, like, from your relationship that you have. Mm-hmm. And maybe that was, like, a... Like, that little... That, like, inception where they plant that little idea. Mm-hmm. Maybe that was that for you. Mm-hmm. Probably. I don't know. But, like, I will say... In this era of, like, era, era mm-hmm. of being a millennial, it's, uh, one, I genuinely hate it to be blamed for things that right. are not, like, my fault generationally. Mm-hmm. Because, uh, did you know that they fucking, they blame us for the decline of, uh, cereal sales? I heard that before. Yeah. I like, heard that before, which I think is entire is dumb. It is, I think it's very dumb. It's just ridiculous. They literally blame us for all things. <laughs> and then it's just like, first of like, all... niggas just don't want fucking cereal. Exactly. Like. But then also, what was it? How millennials live with their parents longer, um, and they don't... I don't think that's true. They We do. But it's because, one, housing is more expensive well, than yeah. it was when they could move out at 20-something. Yeah. Uh, especially I in New that York. part. Because I'm like, yo, if more people had the op, like, okay, I mean, I live on my own, well, with my boyfriend, but on our own. But I have other friends that, like, we talk about obviously doing this. And if they had the opportunity to fucking move out, they would all be gone. Exactly. They'd all be gone. We don't, like, they don't want to stay with their fucking parents. Exactly. I'm from, I'm from New York, so rent in New York is hella expensive. Like, if you want to live in a shoebox, you got to have, like, $2,000, bro. That's a, a month fact. If you want to live. And then I said a fucking shoebox, so that's a studio. And your shit might be a little fucking dank, like. Can't fit something bigger than a twin-size bed. Yeah, like, New York is so expensive. Like, people it's just don't. The number one most expensive state to live in in America. Yeah, like. Niggas just don't have the means, like, yeah, to to do whatever we want. Mm-hmm. Also, am I like here? Here are the thing. I'm I'm gonna list some of the things that people blame millennials for. Um, one, well, like some of the things that they think millennials do. Mm-hmm. Uh, we we live at home. We live at home with our parents longer than we should. Uh, I don't even care about that. That is, it doesn't bother me. That's the least that they could, like, our parents, the least they could fucking do is let us stay home. Yeah, birthday. That we have no job loyalty. Meaning, what, that we okay. change jobs too much or something? Yeah, but then when you look into the statistics of it, we don't change jobs any more frequently than the baby boomers did mm. when they had to, like, go from job to job to job. Yeah. But... I also don't think it's, like, a loyalty thing. I don't know. I've never had to... I have never been in a situation where I have had a job that could be lucrative for me. Right. That I quit because, like... That's what I was thinking about when you said it. Because I'm like... I feel like it's more so, like loyalty to myself yeah. like okay i know this shit ain't working for me right mm-hmm. now or i know this is not what i want to do it's not gonna you know give me any opportunities to further my career or whatever you exactly. want to do like or i'm just fucking unhappy like mm-hmm. that's me being true to myself why the, why the fuck would i stay at a job for your fucking statistics and shit or whatever mm-hmm. however long you want me to stay if i'm not unhappy i mean if i'm not happy if you want people to stay at their jobs longer, you need to cook out some more perks or <laughs> some better pay or something. I don't mm-hmm. know. Also that, like, uh, we have, I guess they're, it's unprecedented. Like, there's mm-hmm. no other, I guess, generation to compare it to. Uh-huh. So we're basically the only generation that has created a statistic for quitting jobs for mental health reasons. Just I get that only because, like, like we said before, like people are just now starting to really like talk about yeah. mental health and how it's a real fucking thing. Um, and I feel like our generation is kind of like is owning that. Yeah. And I think that's a. I mean, I don't, I think that's a good reason to be wanting to quit the job because people act like your your work doesn't affect you. It does. Like. Like, that's oh where my. you spend most of your freaking life oh working. Oh my gosh. Don't even get me started because the thing about having an eight hour job is that 
it's the same thing as when you're in school for eight exactly. hours. Exactly. All of, like, majority of your life is it's spent in yep. this place. Work in school. And then it's just, like, if you don't enjoy it, if it's not making you happy or fulfilled, if it's it draining, quite literally makes you depressed, mm-hmm. then it's, you know, you're doing too much. Yeah. Like I didn't realize how much work affected my mental health until I started working somewhere that I did not like. Because <laughs> when I was just doing theater, like when I was fu- like full time freelancing, yeah. I was broke. But I was you were very, happy. Very poor. Yeah. But at least I got to wake up and do something that I loved every day. Right. And also, I just feel like corporate versus uh, arts community is different. I've never worked somewhere where every day you come in, like, damn, I can't wait till Friday. And Yo, that's, that's real. That's, like, different for that's me. Real. Because it's just, like, when you do arts, when you do theater, when you do stuff, because, like, in your spirit, it fulfills you. Mm-hmm. You don't really worry about what day it is. That's because true. Because it's just, like, every day you go, and then it's, like, here we are. And we're yeah. doing stuff that we love, and we're all happy to be doing it, even though... Let's say it's not the best show. Because mm. I've, I've done bad shows, but still, you know, <laughs> been happy to wake up and be there and, like, be doing what I set out to do, what I feel mm. like is my purpose. You know? That's but then you go to this, you know, I go to this law office, I put on these fucking slacks and blouses, <laughs> and then I sit there for eight hours trying to convince myself not to bite a bullet. It's upsetting. Morbid ass bitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, I get what you're saying. I used to feel that way, but more so when I was doing like like those out of high school jobs and bullshit ass jobs. Mm-hmm. You know what's crazy? My favorite job, like of all time, is when I was working at Chipotle. Mm-hmm. And that's when I tell you that we were so and it sounds like I don't know, like, it just sounds, like, those, usually people talk about how they hate their bullshit jobs, but that was one bullshit job that I, it was amazing. Like, we were a family, work, the work, uh, life, like, balance was great, and even when I came to work, it was fun, because I was working with friends. Hmm. It was so amazing, and I have so many good friends from that job, that, sometimes I wish that I could have made a career out of it, because that's how much the environment was so, like, mm-hmm. It was so good. Like, that all time is my favorite job. Every time I talk to Pri, we talk about... Pri is, um... I trained her when I worked at Chipotle, and then we ended up being friends. But every time I talk to her, we talk about how much we miss that job. Mm. Like, and I love my job now, but for some reason, working at Chipotle was, like, the most amazing job I ever had. Like, I don't know what my favorite bullshit job is. I think it's probably, I want to say Planet Fitness, but I think it might be Planet Fitness, because I got the most out of that job, and I mean, that my body <laughs> was amazing, right, yeah. and I got a free gym membership, but yeah, I think that might be my favorite, like, my favorite bullshit job that mm-hmm. I did before I started, you know, doing adult things with my <laughs> career. Yeah. When I think about quarter life crisis i'm just thinking about like like us now Mm -hmm. so like we've already mentioned we're both 25 um i mean we're both 24 sorry and we'll be turning 25 literally within like three four months of each other Mm -hmm. but like we i feel like our quarter life crisis are we're thinking about totally different things yeah so and i don't know if that can you know comes from the fact of she's single and I'm not. <laughs> so, or I don't know. Or maybe we just, cause because we've all, we've been so like drastically different, we always think about different things. But like, for me, my quarter life crisis is I'm in love and I want to have babies one day, like in the next, what, two years or so. And I want to get married in the next two years or so. And we're talking about houses and in our area and how much they fucking cost and how much childcare like just just things like that. Those are the where little Tyrell and little Chastity are gonna go to school. What's a good yeah, school? Yeah, but I have no fucking juniors. But anyway, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So like that's for my quarter life crisis. That's the type of shit that that I'm thinking about like in discussing like 
being able to stay at home for a year when I have kids and Mm -hmm. stuff like that. So it's just thinking about it is different to see like your, your quarter life crisis can be so freaking different. It's literally like, I feel like the, let me just look up the definition of quarter life crisis. It's basically like the crisis that you have in the quarter, you know? Yeah. But it's within your like mid uh, 20s. 20s to 30s so it can be anything that causes you crises but for me and i i don't know i think it's like most i'm not even gonna say most but for me and like other people that i've talked to i also think it's an anxiety thing it can be yeah when you're just kind of like in your own mind about you know a lot of negative shit and and you can also miss the positive shit that you are doing which is why I think it was in the first episode Chanel mentioned um, she kind of writes down all the positive mm-hmm. things that's happening in her day. And I think that it is a great thing to do because I noticed that even with all the, the things that I, you know, I'm thinking about in my quarter life crisis, like sometimes it's hard to miss the good things that are happening because mm-hmm. you're just focused on you know, oh, like, I'm about to be 25, and I need to have this by 30, or I want to have this by 27, and then you get kind of lost in, you know, what great things you're doing, and not giving enough attention to those things the way you can help it flourish, you know? So, mm. I don't know. I feel are there things that, besides the writing down positive things, are there things that you're doing in for, like, to kind of help you deal with your midlife crisis like kind of I won't say like appease you but you know (laughs) um I don't know I think just uh, talking about it I in my research Mm -hmm. I realized (laughs) in my in my research I realized that like um apparently we're also known as like the loneliest generation um, and I feel like that makes me think about all those rappers like XXXTentacion yeah. and um, yeah. Juice World and they mm-hmm. all depressing. Exactly, because mm. like we're the loneliest generation because we all talk but we don't really hear each other mm. and we don't really listen to like understand. We listen to comment, right? Right, and I feel like just talking about it with like other people who also go through it has mm-hmm. been helpful for me. Just like not keeping it in like I don't know how many people I've told this thing about me and this friends complex just like in this last week alone mm-hmm. I'm just like if you listen to me I will tell you about how friends is destroying my life <laughs> but also I'm still rewatching it good quality content right there there's an episode I think it's like the second episode because Rachel had decided that she wasn't gonna marry this guy and <laughs> She's just like, you know, there has, like, what if there's no plan, you know? Right. Because Monica is trying to, like, calm her down. Like, you know, it's all a part, it's, like, all going according to plan. Like, you don't have to worry about it. And she's just like, what if there's no plan? Like, what if there's no plan there? This is just it. And then everybody in the room was just like, oh, my God. What if there's no plan? And then that's, like, my inner monologue all the time. Like, this... This could just be it. <laughs> no. Gosh. No. Um, I told you, I told you guys in the first episode I'm fucking negative. She is. I'll be yeah, saying. I'm sure you guys can tell. Yo, have you ever yo, yo. <laughs> <laughs> have you ever seen Full Metal Alchemist? No. That is on that is on my uh on our list of things to watch, right. I think. So fun thing you'll learn about me as this podcast continues. I am the biggest nerd in the world. Video games, comic books, anime, all that, all the time. Uh, so, mm-hmm. there's a seat, there's like a, a, a part of Full Metal Alchemist that literally plays in my head consistently when I'm spiraling. Oh gosh. So, it's literally a part where like, Ed and his brother are on the floor mm-hmm. in the woods, and then there's an, a fly that's dead, and ants are tearing the fly apart. And then Ed looks at them and he's just like, we're no different than this fly. Goodbye. And these ants. Like, literally, we're gonna die. <laughs> it's not... like We're gonna move on to the, <laughs> yeah, like, to the listener letter section. <laughs> um, we're just gonna do one, because we've been chatting today. Hmm. But this one is called How to Move On. 
So it says, my ex-boyfriend of four years left me about a month ago. It broke my heart. I know he still loves me a lot, and I love him. I also know he isn't going to come back to me. He's, I'm Damn. sorry. He's suppressing his emotions and shutting me out. It's killing me. I'm an absolute mess and on the verge of leaving my job, running out on my lease. Oh, this sounds, I mean, this sounds very unhealthy. Um, I'm on the verge of leaving my job, running out on my lease. How can I move on and stop hurting? I don't want to hurt anymore. That sounds like a lot. What's wild is like, damn. That's Did you felt sis? Not. <laughs> I felt sis as in like, that's got to be hard. Four years, man. Right. But. Hell yeah, four years ago? Yeah, Damn. four years of a relationship. That's that's crazy. But like, sis is doing a little too much with the quitting her job and running away on her lease. Yeah. Um, I guess my advice would just be like, take a breath. Um, write down the pros and cons of your relationship. Because, you know, I get how hard it is when a relationship ends and you don't want it to be over. Yeah, but... So, so I get, like, because I feel like what happens when you don't, when a relationship ends without your consent, is that you have, like, these rose-colored glasses still on Mm -hmm. about what your relationship was. So, like, what my advice is to, like, sit down take the glasses off and like really think about it and then realize that like there's probably a reason that you're not together and there were probably mad signs that you missed before this i was about to say that like with the analogy that you said like the person who obviously is is the breakupper is the person that already took their glasses off you Mm -hmm. know what i mean like when you break up with someone, I'm sure we probably all broke up with someone before. No. Nah. You already... <laughs> well, I guess not Chanel, but you already know, like, why. Even with a friend. We yeah. broke we broke up with a friend. Yeah. We know why you want to break up with someone. You know what I mean? Like, you already, whether it be resentment, whatever it is, you already have something in you that you've been thinking about that you have disliked or can't take anymore. I don't, you know, don't want to partake in anymore. You mm-hmm. already know that. For the most part, at least from my experience or, you know, hearing stories from friends, like, breakups are not just, like, a spontaneous thing. Yeah. There's something there that is... Yeah, even if you always been there, like, don't know it as the person that broke up. Exactly, Like, yeah. you know, sometimes shit just don't feel right. Exactly. And you might not figure that out till after when, yeah. like Chanel said, you take a seat back and look. You know, just write it all down, put the pros and the cons. I promise you, once I start taking my own advice, I'm going to shit on you, bitch. <laughs> like, you sit down and you write the pros and the cons, uh-huh. and then you just look, and then you'll see that the relationship was not as good as you thought it was. Right. And even if it was good, there was still something that made you guys uncompatible enough that you had to break up. Exactly. And I, my other advice would be to also like get a therapist or, I mean, preferably a therapist, but like, or someone that really good that you can talk to. Yeah. Counselor. Yeah. Because the fact that you want to like quit your job and like run out on your lease is a little bit alarming, you know, that you kind of are like trying to self-destruct yourself, you know, for, for someone else who just, you know, doesn't want to be in your life anymore. Yeah. Like, that you quitting your job and you running out on your lease does nothing for you or him. Um, unless I get the you... sentiment, though. Yeah, but don't. Like, like don't I do that. Sentiment. I've definitely had uh, impulses to do some crazy shit after people have broken up with me. Yeah, I mean, it, like... I get it, like, and I can't tell, obviously, someone how to deal with stuff. Oh, yeah. But I can tell you that what you're trying to do... Definitely not the is, Yeah, it's not healthy at all. Like, don't all. blow up your whole life for Yeah, this. you gonna blow up your life for this guy, and then what happens after you do that? Where do you go? Literally, where do you go? And how do you, you know, care for yourself? Yeah. Like, and I mean, he, who knows? He might help you pick up the pieces, but... Let's just not do that, girl. Yeah. Like, yeah, let's get someone that we could talk to, you know, so that you can kind of figure that out. Because mm-hmm. there may be reasons why you're taking those impulses. So let's get that together first. And then, you know, just work on yourself. Work on yourself, love. Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, that's that's what we got for you. <laughs> um, 
So what have we been doing in our pursuit of happiness? I have to like think about this right now. Mm-hmm. Um, I'll just say my one thing that I've been doing actually for like the past six months or so, probably more than six months, is been working on my physical health. Um, like I mentioned in earlier in the episode, I've lost a, quite a bit of weight. She looks so good, y'all. Thank you. I do. So good. But, yeah, I've lost quite a bit of weight. Um, and, yeah, I've just been trying to get in better shape. Um, not for anyone but me. Like, I just felt like I wanted to be in better shape before I turned 25. And that might be a symptom of my quarter-life crisis. But, so, I've been doing that and it's been working. But it's very expensive because I have to keep buying clothes all the time. Because <laughs> I, I keep getting too small for the clothes that I buy. So, um, nah, you just that's what I've been doing in my sweatpants. But I don't want that. I want to look cute. Uh-huh. So my 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 strategy has been, you know, I buy some clothes that I can obviously get to work in, and then when I actually want to go out or I have an event too, I just buy the outfit for specifically for that event. Mm-hmm. Because literally, like I bought, like I said, I had bought some jeans like a month ago, and now I need new jeans. So. Yeah, it's hard on the pockets, but I look good. So that's what I've been doing in my pursuit of happiness and um, just trying to incorporate a more um, healthy lifestyle to to stick with. So, yeah. What have you been doing? I'm looking for a therapist. Nice shit. Yeah. Hard shit. Because <laughs> I've been looking for a therapist that takes my insurance. Mm, okay, yeah, that gets hard. Yeah. One that you like that yeah. also takes your insurance. Yeah. And it's just like, I don't know, I feel like I've been having to, um, I guess, settle on a lot of the things that I thought were important to me in a therapist. Mm-hmm. Like, wanting it to be a woman of color. Okay. And there's no women of color in the area of my house that take my insurance that <laughs> can do it. So I'm just like, do what's you... the closest like person? The closest person that takes my insurance is a white man <laughs> in Brooklyn. In Brooklyn, that's not close. Yeah, that's the closest. That's how hard it is. Yeah. Um, so I'm just like, is it the same? I guess, I not quality of like health care or like advice mm-hmm. but like I know you you won't be able to identify with me on any level of my life because you're older you're a man and you're Caucasian <laughs> but I don't know I guess I could still try to make an appointment and see because it's on my health insurance but also guys if you're listening and you have a really nice therapist that is easy on the pockets hit us up because we trying to grow out here i'm gonna be honest i'm not going to no therapist i'm gonna be honest i want i and i need it i need a therapist i don't have nothing against going to a therapist it's that's lit but mm-hmm. i'm not going you know i need a therapist so. i need i need i need y'all to help fix my life not on my outside <laughs> i love her yo she's not on my watch i need I need I need a therapist I it's gotten to like it took me a while to get to this point because I was just like fuck that because me as a person I'm very self-aware I know mm-hmm. very I that's know, why I don't think I need to yeah, go to a therapist like bro. I'm very aware of when I'm making choices that are not good choices right but I can't stop and that's why I need a therapist it'd be like that sometimes <laughs> sometimes you'd be like you know what I'm gonna chill out I ain't gonna do this and then sometimes it'd be like nah I gotta do this right now like I don't even care I'm like damn Chanel you being real toxic to yourself right now but I can't so, stop I'd be out here it'd be like that sometimes I'd be the same you know I'd be out here getting drunk can you with the hey stranger text <laughs> and it's just like I can't stop <laughs> I can't I'm so stop <laughs> setting yourself up Yo, OD, and then I'll be waking up in the morning like, why'd you do that? I'm crying. Can't stop. Won't stop. <laughs> Can't stop. Won't stop. Um, so, thank you guys for listening in about our quarter-life crisis. Yeah, woo! <laughs> so, if you guys want to tell us about your quarter-life crisis or your mid-life crisis, if there's some oldies out there, um, 
or if you want to um, write in a letter so that we can give you guys advice, yeah. Um, then you can hit us up at I'm single, she's not pod at gmail.com, mm-hmm. or you can DM us at I'm single, she's not pod on Instagram. We have a Twitter, but we forgot how to use Twitter, so we don't tweet. <laughs> yeah, so bear with us, or if somebody wants to run that shit, DM us. <laughs> yep, hola. Yeah. We um, can't pay you, but I do offer my body as payment sometimes. That was Chanel. I was just going to say, be <laughs> cool. You can hit her up personally about that shit at her Instagram, which is... Quinn B. Q-U-I-N-N dot B underscore underscore and you can hit me up on instagram at chassis dot remains that's c-h-a-s-s-y dot r-e-m-a-i-n-s um so please be sure to leave us a review and let us know what you think yeah we now have like eight five star reviews we got so follow- we got fans yeah Sweet so fans. i mean we have way more listens than that so if you guys are listening and the ones that haven't let us know what you think by leaving us a review or even emailing us. Yeah. We want to keep, this is something that we're new to, so we want to keep improving and yeah. talking about things that you guys want to hear. I mean, we've been getting good feedback so far, but, yeah. you know, we not we don't have to be everybody's cup of tea. Yeah. Criticism helps so much. It does. Constructive criticism, though. Yeah. Um. So, yeah, guys, we'll see you guys next Wednesday. Bye. Bye. Woo. I like that sound. And it all.